chapter in. The judges of Israel, we're looking at them. We spend some time uh, looking at all the judges. Tonight, I titled the message, Samson and Desires. Samson and Desires. And now we're studying all these judges of Israel, and we're looking at what we can learn uh, as we go through all of these judges. We started looking at Samson last week and his parents and his birth. And we know that his parents... Uh, they had a great influence on him like parents do, and, and leaders of, of any kind have influence on the ones that are under them. Uh, today we're going to see how our desires will influence us. Last week we spent some time looking at how we can influence others that are under us or how those that were under their leadership, how they influence us. But today we're going to look at how our desires will influence us and, and it'll influence our decisions and the direction that we take in our life. Uh, tonight we're going to focus on desires. Uh, so that makes me think, what are your biggest, what is your biggest desire? Now if you're paying attention, you probably know what mine is. I told you, uh, I believe it was last week, that one of my biggest desires is to dig out back and hit a big old chunk of gold and just, <laughs> Have this big giant chunk of gold. That's a dream of mine. That's my, my biggest desire. Now, obviously we're all Christians and our real true biggest desire is for the gospel to spread across the world and, and we know all of that. So I'm not asking those desires. I'm asking your, your selfish desire. What's your biggest desire? So, uh, you know mine, uh, to find that big chunk of gold. And, uh, so we'll see if that ever happens. Uh, so I asked Harper what hers was and she said her biggest desire is to have a unicorn. That's her biggest desire. And if you know her, you are not surprised by that one bit. So then I asked Marshall what his was, and he said he would like to have a tube that would take him to the Mario world. He really loves Super Mario. Uh, he, he just, you know, that would be his dream come true. So anybody want to tell us what your desire is? You, you kind of know ours. Uh, what, what are your, what's a desire of yours? Anybody brave? Autumn? That's Autumn's desire. She's been talking about that a lot lately. She said uh, they were on sale for Black Friday, you know. And uh, she says, look how cheap these are. And I say, it, is, it was like 30% off and the kids were free. So it was like half price, basically. I said, it don't matter. I don't have half the price. <laughs> it don't matter if it's 70% off. I still don't have the money. So. Uh, but, yeah, that's Autumn's desire to go on a cruise. Uh, anybody else want to shout theirs out? Anybody? Dan. Uh, I have a desire to go visit the state of Alaska, drop me off in the forest or something, bring me up a bunch of Well, that, that, you're alone on that one. <laughs> you can drop me off somewhere tropical. <laughs> uh, that, that is pretty cool. I know a lot of people that really want to go see Alaska. My parents are actually going there next year uh, for their, uh, what is it, 40th anniversary. And uh, so they're actually going next year, so. Uh, maybe I can get them to get you a postcard. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else want to say their desire? The biggest desire, Renee. Yeah. <laughs> You're almost there. <laughs> it's right around the corner. <laughs> uh, any anyone else tonight? We'll move on. I won't. I won't sit here all day. Wait, Steve. That's good, and I hope that's all of our desire. Uh, I know I want to be pleasing to God. I want to, 
uh, always be serving God, and, and I hope and my desire is that continues. Uh, so I won't say her all day and beg it to come out of you, so uh, we'll move on. Uh, if you think of something later, just shout it out, I don't mind. Uh, so we're going to be looking at the dangers of desire tonight. Uh, so if you would, turn to Judges chapter 14, and we'll look at the dangers of desires. Judges 14, starting in verse 1. And Samson went down to Timnath, and he saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And he rent him as he would have rent a kid. And he had nothing in his hand, but he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time, he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took therefore in his hands and went on eating and came to his father and mother. And he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So uh, before we get into some specific desires of Samson and the dangers of those, uh, I want to first uh, consider the fact that desires can be dangerous. Uh, Ephesians 2.3 says, Among whom also we had all had our conversations in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. Our flesh has desires. There's, there's no way around that. There's nothing we can do about that. While we are here on earth, we are forced to battle with our flesh, and usually on a daily basis. Uh, this flesh has desires, and almost every single desire of the flesh is not pleasing to God. They're things that are against God. They are wicked and they're sinful. Our flesh does not care about the things of God at all. Our soul and spirit, on the other hand, if we have given our lives to God and we've accepted Jesus, then our soul and our spirit do care about the things of God and about righteousness. Uh, there will be a constant battle going on within our own self and between our soul and, and spirit's desires to do right and good and follow the ways of God, and they will go up against the flesh and the flesh that just wants to do selfish and wicked things all the time. We can desire things of God, uh, and if you are being led by the Spirit and walking in the Spirit, you will desire these good and these right things of God. Uh, I have three verses for us. Go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. We'll be back in Judges, so save your place there. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Uh, I want to read 
couple verses in Romans for you. I have three verses here uh, that have to do with being in the Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And then skip down to verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see a contradiction there. Uh, and then in Galatians 5.16 it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, there's a separation there. There's a contradiction between the two. Uh, these verses are telling us that if we are led by the Holy Spirit of God, then we will not desire the things of the flesh. Our, our soul and our spirit will desire the things of God. If we are led by the Holy Spirit, we will desire the things of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's leading us to. Uh, if we claim to be a Christian, if we say we're a child of God, uh, we need to be led by the Spirit. And we need to desire the things of God. Uh, Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Uh, if we're a child of God, we need to be letting God lead us through the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you know Jesus as your Savior, you, you, you live in the Spirit. So according to Galatians 5.25, you are then expected to walk in the Spirit. And that will cause you to desire the right things, the things of God. Our desires should align with things of God. Uh, if they do, then we will not have to worry about the dangers of the desires of our flesh. But if we're not close to God, if we're not being led by the Spirit, then we are in danger of allowing the wicked desires of our flesh lead us astray, lead us further away from God and lead us into sin. When I think of dangers of desire, I think of a passage in 2 Samuel. Go ahead and turn there now, 2 Samuel, chapter 12. Second Samuel, chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come for him. Uh, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. And we'll stop reading there. Uh, this is after David let his flesh's desires cause him to sin with Bathsheba. He was being led by the flesh's desires uh, when he committed that sin. Uh, since 
David was so consumed with his desires in that time, uh, he didn't even see that what he did was wrong. So God had to send Nathan the prophet to him, and he comes and tells him this story. Uh, now, there's a VeggieTales rendition of this story, and it's quite hilarious. I thought about playing it tonight, but uh, I thought that would just be more of a distraction. So we just read it from the Bible. Uh, but if, if you have some time, look that one up. Uh, but this story here that Nathan tells him, uh, tells to David, uh, was to show him that following the desires of his flesh had caused him to sin. That is the danger of desires. The dangers of following the desires of the flesh is that you will sin and you will be led away from God. Uh, this is the danger we're considering as we look at the passage in Judges here, Judges 14. Uh, as we uh, look at the early part of Samson's life, we will see him fall into this danger because of his desires. Uh, so let's take a closer look at the specific area of desire Samson had. So I have five areas of desire uh, that I got from this passage in Judges 14. The first is the danger of vision. The danger of vision. Uh, look at Judges chapter 14, verse 1 again. And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Samson saw something and it caused him to desire it. Uh, our eyes absolutely will affect us. What we see will affect us. Uh, it, it has an immediate effect on us and it also has a long-term effect on us. Now, if I still have these up here, nobody found them. So I'm going to hold up a couple things for you. I got a Hershey bar over here. I got a Reese's over here. So you guys see that? Yeah, it was right under your nose. <laughs> I hid it under a piece of paper. <laughs> uh, so I got a couple of uh, visual aids for us here uh, tonight. Yeah, you're welcome. Now that's all you're going to think about the whole rest of the message. The, the best behaved adult will get the candy. So <laughs> just like in junior church. Uh, so, now that you saw these items, you're probably, most of you are experiencing some kind of desire. I know I am. I'm looking at it right now. I might have to hide it because I can't look at it the whole time. I would guess that most of us are desiring to have one of these treats. Uh, we didn't have to taste it to desire it. We just seen it. We didn't have to smell it. We didn't have to touch it. We, didn't, we just had to see it. And it caused us to desire it. Our eyes are very important. Uh, what we see is very important. We need to be uh, more concerned about the things that we see, the things we put in front of us. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness... How great is that darkness? We need to guard our eyes. Uh, if we allow darkness into our eyes, our lives will be filled with darkness. If we allow wickedness in front of our eyes, our lives will be filled with wickedness. Now, Psalms 101 uh, was written by David. Uh, verse 3 says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Sometime in David's life, he realized 
Uh, what he sees is important. And he determines that he will no longer put uh, these wicked things in front of him. Uh, he determined to be uh, separate from the world and not put wicked things in front of his eyes. We need to be determined like this verse, Psalms 101, verse 3. We need to be determined like that. We need to commit to not setting wicked things before our eyes. Uh, it seems to me that in my not so long of a lifespan here, uh, that we, uh, that the world is becoming less sensitive, uh, to the need to guard our eyes. Uh, I personally cannot believe what they put on TV nowadays. I, I can't even watch commercials. You have to turn it off during commercials. Uh, even most of the shows nowadays, you can't, we watch old stuff. We, we can't even watch new stuff anymore. It's, it's just, I can't believe what they put on TV. I remember when I was a kid, they didn't put those things on TV. At least not during the times that I was watching TV. Uh, I also noticed uh, in my lifetime that people don't seem to feel the need to cover themselves up quite so much as they used to. Uh, not that many years ago, it was pretty shameful to walk around like people are walking around today. Uh, people take pride in, in this nowadays. And really, it's, it's just wickedness, really. Uh, the worst part of all of this is it's not just the world out there. Christians have seemed to change their standards on these things as well. I remember when Christians wouldn't even own a TV because they were cared so much about what was in front of their eyes. They cared about so much about what they seen. Uh, I think uh, before Christians would be more willing to sacrifice a little bit just to be closer to God. I think through the years that desire to sacrifice has slipped away a little bit. Uh, Christians, for the most part, are not completely like the world on these issues. I think we do have some separation there, and that's good. Uh, but it's like we're trying to keep a close distance, though. I feel like sometimes it's like we're, you know, on the movies when when you got a car trying to follow another car, and you're trying to stay just far enough behind that they don't notice you there, but you still got them in your sights. In, in my opinion, it's like Christians are like 30 years behind the world. Uh, if you were to go uh, 30 years ago and tell some Christians, some believers in God, some followers, uh, what some Christians would be doing today, they, they would probably drop down to their knees and start praying. They probably wouldn't believe you. Uh, but it's just over time that sensitivity to needing to guard your eyes has just slightly slipped away a little at a time. So back to Samson here, uh, he's traveling and probably going in an area that he probably should not have been uh, in, to begin with, but he sees a woman there and he desires her. Uh, Timnath is an area where Philistines were at that time. Uh, we know that these were people who did not believe in God and they had their own false gods that they actively worshipped. Uh, Samson would have been much better off not looking in the direction of these wicked people. He should have guarded his eyes. Uh, Samson's, Samson let his eyes wander and, and, and looked towards ungodly things and people that were doing ungodly things. And this ends up being a beginning of trouble for him. This woman causes trouble for Samson. And all this began because he saw her. Uh, but if you can look at verse 8, uh, Judges chapter 14, verse 8. 
It says, and after a time he turned to take her and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating and came to his father. And it goes on, he gives them some. Uh, so the point is that Samson, he was under a Nazarite vow and he was not supposed to go near a dead body. He was not supposed to go near anything unclean. Uh, but as he was walking, he looks over and he sees this uh, dead lion and he he sees some delicious honey inside of the line. Now, I like honey, too. I understand that. Uh, but he looked over there, and it caused him to desire that. It caused him to compromise on the vow that he was under. Uh, just like this Philistine woman, this situation here all started with his eyes. Uh, there is danger in vision. Uh, we need to be careful with our eyes. We need to uh, be more selective on what goes in front of our eyes. So there's a danger in vision. Number two, there's a danger of the heart. Uh, look at Judges chapter 14, verse 2. Uh, it says, And he came up and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Uh, Samson fell in love with her, it seems, because he uh, wanted to marry her. This must have been some kind of one of those love at first sights kind of situations. Uh, so, because he's seen her and he says, I got to have her. I love her. I, I want her. She's going to be my wife. Uh, I guess I kind of understand that. I fell in love with Autumn relatively quickly. Uh, I asked her to marry me after only knowing her for three weeks. So I would say that's pretty quick. Uh, I don't advise that. It's just how it worked out. So, I mean, when you know, you know. So, uh, But uh, I first, I didn't allow myself to fall in love with her until I did some investigation first. I had some some work to do before I would allow myself to fall in love with her. So the very first time I met her, the very first day I met her and I was talking to her, I asked her if she believed in God because I knew I wanted to like her. And, and I knew I needed to know if she believed in God. Uh, I asked her if she went to church. I asked her if she was truly saved because if not, if she was not and she was not willing to do any of those things, then I knew that I could not let my heart fall in love with her. As you see, she answered correctly because we got married. So <laughs> he did the right thing. So. Uh, Samson's parents here, they try to tell their son some of these things. Look at verse 3. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines. Uh, so they're trying to have a talk with their son about who he's choosing to marry. We see that they bring up that their own people would be a better option. And then they bring up that the nation that this woman is from, they're all non-believers. They don't believe in God. They don't follow God's law that they were under under in that time. They don't follow anything of God. Uh, this is what they mean when they say that the people are uncircumcised. They're, they don't believe in God. They don't follow God's law. Uh, Samson's parents, they weren't perfect, uh, but their concern here is right. They're perfectly right on the money here. Uh, when I first talked to my dad about Autumn, uh, he had some concerns as well. Uh, the, basically, the same things, the same three questions I told you that I had for her were pretty much the same questions my dad had about her. Uh, he was concerned if she was the right one in the area of if she believed in God and if she was saved. Uh, this is what happens uh, when you don't let your heart take control. You're concerned about the right things. 
We need to be in control of our heart. Uh, Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? We cannot trust our heart. Uh, the Bible makes this very clear to us. But if you follow the advice of the world, you will not hear that. Uh, you'll hear quite the opposite. The world says to follow your heart. Uh, this is very backwards and wrong. We need to be in control. We need to be the one that is the leader. We cannot let our heart and our emotions control us and lead us. Uh, we cannot trust our hearts to lead us. If we do, we will find ourselves getting away from God and, and away from God's will. And it will probably only happen one little step at a time, though. Uh, Samson seen this girl, and he let his heart take the lead, and he demanded to be married to her. His parents try to talk to him about the importance of finding a girl that believes in God and that will um, you know, be the right fit for him in serving God, but his heart didn't care about that. His heart only cared about getting what it wanted. Uh, there are dangers in our desires. We looked at the danger of vision and the danger of the heart. Now let's consider the third one, the danger of pleasure. The danger of pleasure. Look at verse 3 again. Uh, when his parents talked to him about, you know, hey, you need to find the right girl here, his answer there is towards the bottom. It says, And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. Uh, if you could turn to Hebrews chapter 11, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. I believe we'll be back in Judges again, so hold your place there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. It says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, unfortunately, there can be pleasure in sin. Uh, and this pleasure can have a power over us and control us and cause us to do things that go against God's will. Moses had an opportunity to live a life of pleasure. Uh, he could have had anything that pleased him if he would have stayed in Pharaoh's house there. Uh, nothing would have been held back from him. He could have had a, a great, comfortable, luxurious life there. But Moses decided he wanted to please God more than he wanted those pleasures of life. Uh, that is what it comes down to. What do we desire more? Do we desire sin more or do we desire God more? Do we desire pleasure more or do we desire God's will more? Now, I personally, I'm not saying that if you choose God, you get no pleasure, that's it. You're going to be sad and, and in the dumps the rest of your life. I'm not saying that because I've found plenty of pleasure in living uh, a life for God. Uh, I, I have a great life. I, God has blessed me greatly and I'm very happy and I, I love my life. Uh, I love serving God. I'm happy. I have plenty of pleasure in all of that. Uh, but what if all of that pleasure was taken away? What if all those happy and good and, and exciting things was taken away? Would I still choose God? Well, I hope so. I hope I would. Would I still desire God more? I, again, I hope so. Uh, I'm sure everybody's aware of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot. Uh, they were missionaries, uh, missionaries, and they were going to an unreached uh, area in Ecuador, I believe it was, and... Um, they spent some time uh, trying to reach these people, Jim Elliott and about five other guys. And they, they 
uh, did a little bit each time. It took months and months and months, and they finally got to meet with these people and, and spend some time with them. Uh, and then one day, they all got attacked and killed by those people, the, uh, Jim Elliott and the five guys that were with them. Uh, well, Elizabeth Elliott then had to make a choice, right? She had to decide, am I going to stay here and keep reaching the people that God has called me to, or am I going to go home and, and go back to a comfortable lifestyle? Over in, you know, America, in all the pleasures of America, uh, the comfortableness of America. Because where she was, was, in my opinion, not a very comfortable lifestyle. Uh, not very many pleasure things there. There's not air conditioning, you know. All that, all that nice stuff that we think is a normal everyday thing, uh, wasn't over there. Uh, she desired to serve God more and she stayed and, and because of her decision, she reached all kinds of people for God, and those very people that killed her husband eventually came to understand God and, and to believe in God. And it's because she desired to serve God more than she desired the pleasures of life. If we are living right and our hearts are right with God, then we will have pleasure in serving God. Uh, Samson is not concerned with the things of God here. Uh, he is concerned about what pleases him. Samson's question uh, is a question on his desire here. His parents ask him uh, if he'd consider a woman who is living for God and one that believes in God. Samson's response shows us that he doesn't care about that. Uh, or at least maybe, maybe he does, but maybe he cares more about what pleases him than what, how much he cares about the things of God. Uh, if we are close to God and we're living for God and we're in his will, then we will find pleasure in the things of God. We will find pleasure in the Word of God. We will find pleasure in serving God, pleasure in worshiping God, pleasure in, in God's people here. Uh, I, I have all kinds of fun with you guys. I love being around you guys. Uh, we will find pleasure in God's house. Again, this is my favorite place to be. I love being here. Uh, if we are living right, we will find pleasure in the things of God. Uh, tonight, we looked at the dangers of vision, the dangers of the heart, the dangers of pleasure. Now, let's consider the danger of self-satisfaction. The danger of self-satisfaction. Uh, through this whole passage, we can see a consistency. Uh, the whole time, Samson's biggest concern and biggest desire is self-satisfaction. Uh, Samson was only thinking about himself and what makes him happy. Uh, the problem with seeking self-satisfaction is that it gets us looking at ourselves and, and not on the things of God. It takes our eyes off of God and places them on ourselves. So I just want to spend the last couple minutes here on this topic of focusing on the right thing. Samson's desires got him out of focus. Samson was focused only on his desires, which did not bring him closer to God. We need to have desires that are pleasing to God. We need to have desires that bring us closer to God. And we need desires that keep us focused on God. Now, God was still able to use Samson. It wasn't like Samson was done and God threw him away and was done with him. No, God still worked through Samson. Uh, and in the end, he had to get his heart right to be able to be used by God one last time. But how much more could have been done all in between there? Or how much time might have been wasted when he wasn't focused on God? Uh, we may have times that we are a little out of focus. Uh, maybe just a little bit. Or maybe we're just completely focused on the wrong thing for a while. Uh, if we go to God and we fix our focus, then God still will be able to use us. 
the Apostle Paul was focused on God and the things of God. I believe that Satan tried uh, to get Paul out of focus many times. You could think about his thorn in the flesh that he mentions. Uh, even when Paul could have been focused on serious situations, like being on trial, uh, being in prison, Paul still somehow kept his focus on God. Uh, I mean, Paul was on trial for preaching God, about Jesus, and he again preaches about Jesus while on trial. Uh, I just think that's amazing. Uh, there's a verse in Romans that I think sums up Paul's focus. Uh, go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Paul desires the same thing God desires, for souls to be saved. We need to keep focused like Paul did. Uh, we need to stay focused. And if we get out of focus, it'll, it might happen. Uh, we need to make sure we make it right as fast as we can. Uh, Samson was out of focus because his desires were in the wrong place. His desires drove his focus away from God. We need to check our desires with the Word of God. Uh, if our desires align with God and with God's Word, then our focus will stay on God. So let's check our desires and stay focused on God and keep seeking God and keep serving God. Amen. Let's pray.